The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. I can't believe we're doing this already. Corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? No, no coffee today. Coffee is for closers. Put it away. We don't want to do a show today. I want to go back to bed. No show today. I quit. I'm out of here. I don't want to do this. I, you can't make me do this. I, I refuse. I'm not going to do a show. I will not. Damn, not. And hot. Okay. I'll do a show. If I have to. Good morning, people of Earth. It is Monday, your favorite day. I guess. Uh, Monday, (laughs) the 22nd of August in 2022. 2022, 22. 2222. It's 822, 2022. Or something. I can't believe I'm still alive. Listen, 12 hours is not that much. I should not be this exhausted. Uh, I hope you had a great weekend. If case you're wondering what this uh, old grobbly old man is grobbling about and don't know, we did a 12-hour show for Christine Levine on um, Saturday. Um, and as usual, lots of hiccups, lots of things we planned on doing that didn't come through. Uh, lots of, you know, shit happens types of uh, events. But we did up the uh, GoFundMe total over $1,000 on that day, on just that one day. And since we announced uh, that we were going to be doing the show and started sharing the stuff, the donations were up $11,000. Was at just about eight thousand dollars when we announced, and when we when we ended on Saturday night, it was at nineteen thousand six hundred and sixty-six dollars. Today, it is over twenty thousand. The goal was twenty-five thousand. So, still asking for people to look inside their hearts and come up with a couple of bucks, um, but made a difference, and that's all we can ask for. Um, fun. Some of it was fun. Some of it was stressful, um, but worthwhile cause nonetheless. And yesterday, um, and I will I will talk about it during the week, obviously. I don't have a lot of guests booked up this week. I have two guests for the morning shows booked up all week. Um, no guest co- host going to happen. I have Dean coming on Wednesday. I have, that's one of the guests, I'm thinking. Uh, we're going to do some recap. He was a little... Um, a little. It was disappointed in the show and in, in how it worked out for him. And listen, I'll talk about it on Wednesday. I'm not going to talk about it beforehand. It makes no sense. I want to talk about it with him on the air. Um, but I will say there... Um, you know, there were some disappointments for everybody. They always are. Oh, that's part of the game. Welcome to the world of live streams. Every fucking day I'm 
filled with uh, disappointments of one measure or another. Uh, so there, there's that. Now, some of the highlights uh, for me. I'm just going to put this out there. I and mean, I love, I love Jess. She's a very, very special woman. Uh, I don't want to sound like a misogynist pig. But I think more men and probably some L and B women <laughs> uh, were more interested in pie, fake pie, than you can imagine because of uh, cleavage. <laughs> I made myself cough there. <laughs> cleavage. Uh, the shot. The angle that Jess was working on the pies uh, was um, very cleavy. <laughs> and I can imagine scrolling through Facebook and seeing that. I would have to stop. Uh, I don't know. If YouTube's not the same thing. You're not scrolling through. They, they show you um, recommended videos. So they're not, and they're not going to show you th- thumbnails. They're not going to show you the cleavage shot but facebook with the live stuff and twitter with the live stuff uh you're scrolling through you see the cleaves working on the pie pie cleavage working on the pie you're gonna stop and say hey what's all the cleavage about so that was um a highlight (laughs) a long highlight because she was with us for about two and a half hours now i i you know i feel a little piggy even talking about but i have to say women brought it up before even uh, although it was in the back of my mind, I wanted to say something about it. And then Mishka made a comment about it, uh, which was what we were all thinking anyway. Uh, but the, the, the fascination is that you've never seen so many men care about fake pies in your life before that moment. So that was interesting another uh i guess i'm gonna go stay on a misogynist role here <laughs> i don't know uh another highlight for me was having erica rose on finally got her on the program she said she actually enjoyed it and is uh willing to come back sometime uh and okay making progress there. you know if you listen to the program you know how hard i've been trying to get her to come on uh, maybe not so much the morning show because uh, she's in L.A. and it would be very early for her. But whatever, morning show, evening show. Uh, Matt Knutson was another highlight because these are people I, I had not met before and was really eager to meet. Um, Henry Phillips fucking knocked me out. Uh, Henry is the funniest fucking understated uh, comedian because he, his delivery is such that he's not he's not he's the antithesis of like somebody like Jerry Diamond who just laughs at his jokes. Henry will say something just matterly matter of factly, quietly that is hysterically funny and not even acknowledge that he's just said something hysterically funny. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But it's out there. Uh, I love Henry. He's He's fucking, he's a superstar in my book. Those were the highlights. You know, we had Billy Wayne Davis on. Obviously, that's always a highlight for me, uh, talking to Billy. Uh, Stanhope was kind of a disappointment, but in a weird way, who cares? He he showed up and, and lent his name to the thing, which is enough. 
he had some connection problems and was only on for really less than two minutes. He tried to come back a couple of times, didn't work out, gave up. And we're fine with that. Andy, of course, Andy the hero, on four times uh, during the day, extended periods each time. Uh, I can't say enough about Andy and Brett and everybody who contributed. Uh, I want to thank everybody who contributed on the back end. Uh, Kelly and Dean and William Conway. Uh, Carl Hungus, who uh, volunteered to help. I didn't really put him to work, but he was he was ready, willing, and able and put him out there. Uh, of course, Carl and Jamie uh, and uh, Craig. Uh, so many people who, who I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. It's early, and I apologize. I am burnt out. Am I forgetting anybody? I hope not. I really, 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 really hope not. Um, so yesterday started like most Sundays do for me uh, in uh, a soup kitchen um, having some people question why I even bother going there if I don't go to church because I don't believe what they believe and I feel like the, the preacher is a grifter and the whole thing is set up for grift I don't like the fact that churches don't pay taxes but make take in all this money and they don't really use that money in what I would consider a great way. I mean, a great way would be things like what we were doing on Saturday. But no, they do it to build up the church, add a new audiovisual system to the church, add new, new stuff to the theater of the church. Uh, buy the preacher some really fancy snakeskin boots. That's why I don't go to church. Um, and also, I, I just don't believe what they believe. They literally, you know, people believe in a book that was written by so many different people, uh, just sounding like fairy tales. I just don't believe it. So that's why I don't go to church. Anyway, that's how I started the day. Now, I had made a commitment to take my grandson crabbing for the first time in his life. If you've never gone crabbing, uh, blue, cork, blue claw, blue, it's too early for me to say, blue claw crabs, big thing here on Long Island from July until September, uh, partly because they taste delicious. <laughs> Sorry, vegans. Um, and uh, partly because they are so easy to catch normally. Uh Crabbing is not, and it only happens on the South Shore, not on the North Shore where I am. There's no no blue claw crabs because we're on the Long Island Sound. But on the Great South Bay, crabbing is not a difficult. Uh, it's it certainly could never be a sport. It's not like fishing. Um, it's, there's no skill, real skill involved, which is why I'm <laughs> I'm for it. Uh, basically, you go, and you can do it from the dock. You don't have to be in a boat. You go to the dock. You shine a light on the water. The crabs see the light. They come swimming up to the light, and you scoop them up with a net and put them in your bucket. But it was very rough, rough seas last night. And so 
the pickings were slim, and all we were getting were too small, got to throw them back, already dead, already dead crab. Hey, I'm not going to take that home and eat it. Who knows what it died of? Um, so it, we, we came home empty-handed. But it was a fun experience. Got to bond a little bit with my grandson, be on a, out on a hot summer night. First time he had seen Fire Island from across the water at night, and it was kind of like a magical view, and he had never seen it before. Like, what's all those lights out there? That's Fire Island. Wow, that looks so cool. Yeah, it does look cool. Uh, and got to tell him a little bit of that, the history of why all about Fire Island and the Great South Bay. He got to learn a little bit about where he, 10 years old, he's never done that before. So that was a fun time. And we're going to go back next weekend and definitely get some crabs. The problem is it was just too rough last night. And I was out there with a kind of a weak light and a small net. There were people out there with like fucking searchlights and gigantic nets. And they weren't doing well. But they did a little better than us. They had one or two. Anyway, um, so that was that. And then I came home. And uh, I decided to go for a walk and smoke a joint. Oh, you're judgmental now, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> uh, just to kind of, you know, think about the day and, and the weekend and how things were. And as I'm outside and walking by the beach area here, I look up and 500 feet above me, I see a UFO. Yes, I saw a UFO. Now, don't say I'm nuts yet, just yet. I'm not saying it was an alien craft. I'm saying it was a UFO. It was a flying object, huge flying object, horseshoe shaped, horseshoe shaped. I've never seen anything. I've never seen an airplane or I have seen some helicopters that have sort of horseshoe shaped things underneath them, landing pods and stuff like that. This was not that. This was only 500 feet off the ground. In my estimation, not not more than like 500 feet off the ground. It was huge, and it was silent. And it had a rim of lights and like I-beams that went around that horseshoe shape. And a rim of very bright white lights. They weren't colored lights, like no red lights like you would see on an airplane or a helicopter. Bright, bright, pure white lights around the rim of um, the bottom of the horseshoe shape and the thing was silent i mean completely silent and but moving slow not moving fast at all and i watched it for a minute now full disclosure i was i was smoking pot and i was uh, getting high not hallucinating i promise you this was a real thing and it was moving across just about maybe i don't know a thousand yards from shore but 500 feet up in the air or so and a clear as day and it was going along and then all of a sudden it went really fast really fast and and increased altitude exponentially so it, it was like all of a sudden 5,000 feet instead of 500 feet up in the air and zooming across and then it was gone boom like that 30 seconds later an airplane comes by making full noise and it just thing was about 2000 feet up and um, I could hear a plane this day. 
So it wasn't like sound waves were being pushed out to the sea instead of coming in. Just a very weird experience. And for me, it's something to behold when you see something like that and you can't explain it. And you don't want to sound like a loon. You don't want to certainly jump to the conclusion that, oh, it must be aliens, like, just because you see something like that. But it was a pretty, pretty inspirational moment. Like, what the fuck was that? Uh, and I, I did not have my phone with me because I was out to smoke a joint. But it was a hot summer night. Summer is uh, waning to say the least, and but there were people out, beach people, who were just trying to soak up, even though it was 11, a, uh, 11 p.m. on a Sunday. There were some people still trying to, you know, get those last minutes of uh, summer beach in. Um, we get a lot of traffic from the Hamptons back to New York City in air, airplanes and helicopters this time of year, just as it goes the other way in late May uh, or early June, you see a lot of traffic in the air from New York City to the Hamptons. This time of year, they're going back. It's the rich rich folks that live in New York City and Manhattan commuting back and forth. This was not that. Now, there is a nuclear sub uh, base directly across from where I am, the nuclear submarine base uh, in Groton, Connecticut, directly across the Sound. So it could have been military. Um, it, it was just a, a very, I don't know, uncertain moment. That's all I'll, I will say about it. But um, it's not the first time I've seen a, and something that I couldn't identify in the sky. But it was definitely the clearest, clearest view I've seen of this. It certainly looked man-made because of the I-beams that were along the bottom. You know, it looked like, it did not look like super advanced technology, whatever that I imagine that might look like. You know, didn't look, um, didn't look sci-fi. It looked like could have been made by men. The only thing that really, well, the, the horseshoe shape in, in a flying object, it wasn't a blimp. It was, it was, it looked like steel, definitely some kind of metallic thing. And, um, you just don't see that in a flying object. And then the rapid speed of acceleration and altitude increase blew me away, blew me away. Like, wow, what is that? It wasn't a drone. It wasn't a helicopter. It wasn't a balloon. It wasn't an airplane. It wasn't a blimp. What was it? I don't know. Um, so, uh, maybe we'll find out. Maybe, um, maybe, uh, there'll be something about it in the papers today. Cause I, I, as I said, there were other people on the beach. I could hear voices on the beach. Uh, so I know, I know there were people out who saw this thing besides me, but the clearest I've ever seen a UFO, unidentified flying object, not I'm not saying UFO as an alien. I just, again, I just want to say that. Um, I'm going to go say hello to the chat room, see who's in there. Hold on one second. Kelly, good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service this weekend. Dean, thank you for your service. We'll talk on Wednesday. Craig, thank you for your service. 
we'll talk always. Uh, uh, Tom K, good to see you there. Tom says, we used to catch crabs, uh, Jersey Blues off the docks in New Jersey, Lavalette as kids, and 10 years later, we tried to avoid catching them in New York City. I was successful at both. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say. Um, and Mike Zinn said, steampunk. I don't know what you mean by steampunk. I, I have to look. What's the reference there, please? Uh, anyway. Uh, so that was my UFO story. That's my crab story. And that's that. Um, but I was a little bit rattled by it. I wasn't, Craig says, like, scary or no? No, not scary. Or inspiring a wonder inspiring like what the fuck was it how could something how could something make no noise no sound whatsoever and be flying along not that far like there was no engine to it at all and even when it accelerated extremely fast i mean just no sound at all and then up no sound at all and then it was gone very weird thing. Uh, we'll see if there's something in the paper about it. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be talking about it. Maybe uh, if it was something from Groton, the sub base, I'll get a visit from uh, the military saying, shh, you shouldn't have seen that. Uh, a UFO with I-beams. It's steampunk. Michael Zinn is, oh, oh, I thought you were on Facebook and now you're on YouTube. You're, people are all over the place. Anyway. So I am a little burnt burnt out this morning. Now I have a corporate gig today, uh, right after the show, and it's far away. It's in, in Tim Dillon's hometown of Oceanside, New York. Uh, I believe. Maybe I shouldn't say this. I believe some of um, he might have one of his relatives. <laughs> that's that's all I'll say. I probably have said too much already. Um, Wait, wait, William's got a, a long comment here. I got it. If you read some of the reports that have been declassified now, you'll see a lot of similar stories from Air Force fighter pilots. Hmm. You know, I, I've had Air Force uh, fighter pilots on my evening show, and I always ask them if they've ever seen UFOs, and none of them have. None of them have. Carl Hungus re, uh, told me he's one of the guys who volunteered uh, to... Uh, help out with the Potaton. He told me he's an airline pilot. I did not know that. Uh, I wanted to ask him. It would be good to get him on just for a few minutes. Ask him, as an airline pilot, chances are he's seen some of this uh, kind of stuff. Stuff you can't explain. I don't jump to the conclusion that it's alien ever. Not that I discount this almost certain possibility of life elsewhere in this universe or, or other universes. It's just like, why, why bother? Why bother with these stupid humans? You could tell from, you could tell from a universe away, these people ain't worth, worth visiting. <laughs> well, there you go. It's like, uh, I don't want to bring up analogies that make me sound like an elitist, but you know, you can tell groups of people that you don't want to get involved with or without having to get too close to them. Uh, so 
I would imagine that aliens could take a good look through a long lens and say, fuck that planet. Ain't nothing happening there that's uh, of good to anybody. Well, maybe they would want us to not blow up the planet because it might have adverse effects on the universe as a whole, on our solar system, whatever. Who knows? But I don't think it, I don't believe in aliens uh, visiting just yet. I, I nobody's convinced me of that. Anyway, not impossible. Certainly possible. Just I don't believe it yet. I have to see more evidence that it aliens. So I have to see. I have to see an alien for myself to believe it. Uh, show me. I'm a I'm a Missourian at heart. I'm from the Show Me State. Never been. I'm not. Not from that fucked up state. Now I'm going to talk about people that I can tell from uh, far away. I don't want to go to Missouri. I've driven through Missouri. I would never be from Missouri. I've driven through there. It's a very weird place. Anyway, I'm getting on going off on tangents. Uh, Davis Sutton will be here at ten o'clock, or maybe not. If you recall, I said similar things last Monday. Davis Sutton is a young comedian. Where's he from? Davis I, is in Tampa, Florida, I think. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me check this again. I think he's in, in Tampa, Florida. Who knows? You probably don't even care, do you? Do you, you people? Um, I think he's in Tampa, Florida. Um, West Shore Boulevard. Yeah. Doesn't say towns everywhere. Tampa, Florida. Yes. Anyway, um, Davis was supposed to be here last Monday, and come 10 o'clock, he wasn't here, and I went looking for him and then sent him a message and didn't get a response. And uh, The show ended, and he still had not shown up. And during that show, I think Carl was on at the time, and uh, I started blasting Davis uh, for, for everybody else who had come before him, who had stood me up, every other guest who had not shown up. And now I realized in real time and, and kind of corrected myself that that was kind of unfair to do, to blast this young man for everybody else that had come before him. Now, that I mean, didn't mean I was completely letting him off the hook. I was still pissed at him, but not. I had to kind of dial it back a little bit that even though I was a little pissed at him, I couldn't take my overall gigantic frustration with dozens. Now it really is dozens of people who have, uh, between the nighttime show and and the morning show, who have either canceled on extremely short notice, not canceled at all and not shown up, all that kind of stuff. So, I was beating up on him a little bit, and then I dialed it back. And eleven, I got one off the air, and at about 11.30, which is about a half hour after the program ended, I got a message on Facebook. Sorry, I had the wrong date in my uh, calendar. I have it for next Monday. I thought that a lame excuse and didn't bother to even reply. I was like, oh, okay, that, that's, that's what you're going with? All right, fine. Sounds like bullshit to me. Um, and I went on with my day. About 10 p.m. that night, after I got done with my uh, evening show, I got another Facebook message from him said, I just listened to the program. Now, that shows me something. 
he got some kind of integrity there. He went and listened to the show, and he was apologizing. He said, first, he said, I'm sorry that other people have uh, fucked you over, too, or not shown up. Um, and, I, you know, I really feel bad about it, which that showed me something. So I said back, I, I replied back to him at that point. I said, you want to try again next Monday, which is today? which was the day he originally thought it was going to be. And he said, yeah. I said, well, keep in mind, I am going to bust your balls. Uh, I'm going to bust your balls hard about it. because, uh, But it won't be like vicious or in, with mean, mean intent. It will be in a fun way because um, I let things go, but <laughs> I never miss an opportunity to bust balls about things. And he said he was fine with that. Okay. So uh, the week went by. And last night I was preparing, or yesterday morning, preparing all the buckets for this week and putting the schedule together. And I sent him his link for tomorrow. He said, I'll be there if I feel like it. (laughs) Just kidding. So that shows me uh, he's either... (laughs) A wise ass punk who uh, really wants to take me on, or he's got a sense of humor, uh, and which most, of course, is a requirement for a comedian, and is going to roll with this very well. We'll see. We'll see if he shows up. I hope he does. That will really show me something. And I will be very happy if he does show up because I tend to lose faith in, I don't know, I sound like a fucking grandpa i am a grandpa but i lose faith in the younger generation when shit like that happens and this man young man has the the potential to restore some faith in in young people for me today so we'll see if he shows up that that will be a good thing um he did he uh, i'll talk to him about when he comes it when and if he comes in if he doesn't come in uh, I'm going to end early because I do have a corporate gig to get to early this afternoon. Now, you, I've been, I'm bringing my Mishka Shubali voice with me, by the way, to a corporate gig. If you're not familiar with corporate gig, corporate gigs work like this. It's a huge part of a corporate a company within a corporation. You go to their uh, building and they uh, immediately uh, bend you over and give you a prostate exam before they even let you in the building. I mean, that's symbolically, of course, not not literally. Um, it's, you got to go through all the security, all that kind of stuff, sign in, get your badge, probably do a COVID test, a rapid COVID test. Then they wheel you off to uh, a gigantic, not boardroom, meeting room, uh, like assembly room, uh, almost like a small theater, but an assembly room for where they have their big meetings and there's like whiteboards and stuff set up. And you go in and they open this session generally with some really stuffed suit, giving about 10 to 15 minutes supposedly it's it's always supposed to be just a three minute intro and it goes on for about 10 15 minutes while he puts the crowd to sleep and now we have a really special treat for you uh matt and apple is going to play for you some original music 
that he is written. He's a singer, songwriter. Oh, yeah. And here comes uh, Mishka Shubali's great granddad. And um, <laughs> I go in and perform for people who have just been put to sleep in their chairs, wearing suits, mind you, on a Monday morning. Well, it will be lunchtime for them by then. Um, and basically playing for them, not not any cover material, but songs that they've never heard before that I have written. Uh, and I don't, my songs are not morbidly or sad and, uh, <laughs> and emotional, maybe. Well, sometimes emotional, but not like, it's not like Michigan stuff that is just uh about the downside of life and and dealing with addiction and all those kind of things not it's not like that but it is um it's music they're not familiar with i do that for 45 minutes and then i'm done uh but it's a it's an unusual experience uh in that you can tell that a lot of the applause, if there, I'm hoping there'll be applause. But if there is applause, it's just a polite, polite applause. Uh, not that they're really into this stuff. And they're listen. You, you got to put yourself in their shoes. You're you got this ho-hum corporate suit wearing bullshit job. You want to got one of two attitudes: either I hate my life and I want to kill myself now. Or I love this job and I got a lot to do and I'm a gangbuster and I want a promotion and I really want to get things done. Those are the two mindsets you, you're playing for. So the people who are just like, I hate my life, I hate my cubicle, I, I just they they're there, they're trying to zone out. This is a, a 45 minutes that they don't have to pretend they're working if somebody walks by. <laughs> And they get a kind of a, a nap time <laughs> at work, in their view. This is true. This is how they think. And then you have a few, a handful of people who are the go-getters, the ambitious type, who are thinking, this is a waste of my time. I could be out there making a sale. I could be out there uh, finishing that marketing campaign. I could be out there impressing the boss to get my promotion. Those are the two types of people you're paying for, playing original music with a stuffy sunflower stuff nose and uh, a, a voice that sounds like Tom Waits got run over by a truck. <laughs> this is going to be my day. And then I come back home and prepare for an author again tonight. And after this weekend, man, it just feels like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why am I still doing this? Now, I'm coming up on my 200th show already for um, the morning show, Coffee with the Dog. I forgot the name of it. Is it Coffee with the Dog? Yes, it is. Uh, 200th episode will be next Monday. But I'm already thinking about maybe it's time to, to call it a, a show with this thing. Uh, I'm, now, I have to say... I've said this before, I'm a moody bastard. And just because I feel like calling it a show now, one great guest, one really enjoyable conversation 
is all it will take to get me to say, ah, no, I got another 500 shows in me, easy. <laughs> so we'll see where it goes. Uh, you never know with me. I'm very compulsive, impulsive. Call me impulsive. Call me compulsive. Call me insane. But when I'm around, surrounded, I just can't stop. You know the lyrics. If you know the lyrics, you win something. I don't know what you win. Um, but <laughs> um, that's me. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but the evening show, definitely. I got all. I only have three shows this week. I only had two on my calendar. One I had, I guess I forgot to put on the calendar for tonight, which is an, a meet the author thing. All my shows this week, not the most stimulating for me. I want to now that uh, I've had some conversation. Now uh, I want to get Erica on. I want to get Matt Knudsen on. I want to get Henry Phillips on. All on the evening show. It would be wonderful to have them on the morning show because we have a more interactive chat room on the morning show but they're in LA I know it's asking a lot especially of comedians uh, to get up and do a show which would be at 7 a.m. their time which means they would have to probably get up at 6 a.m. to be or six thirty at least to not be totally, you know, zombified and still sleeping to be so it's kind of uh my Craig says, Am I ever uh tempted to be inappropriate with such crowds? Uh not only tempted <laughs> I have followed through with that temptation in ways that uh I was just looking at one, a memory from Facebook uh, that from like eight years ago where I said to the crowd, you know, because I work in bars, I work in um, places, you know, that are, I have some really dive bars and the show was pretty much the same. Whether I'm in a dive bar, whether I'm doing a corporate gig, or whether I'm doing a nursing home gig, the show is pretty much the same. I remain the same. And the reaction from the audiences uh, are very different. Now, sometimes, like the nursing home gigs, it will appear, you get to look on like, as, like imagine this, you get into a cab and you realize that the driver is literally a gorilla. <laughs> and your first thought is, is this fucking safe? <laughs> is, this even, is this even legal? This is the actual gorilla driving my cab. Uh, that's the look I get uh, when I start to do my shows at um, nursing homes. Now, the corporate stuff, I could either get, half the room on my side laughing and enjoying some of the inappropriate stuff for corporate stuff. The uh, management usually hates it and often I will get a lecture about it like, wow, what made you what made you go there? Because there is some really the sexual humor in, in some of my jokes, there is definitely um, 
some violent humor, humor about violence and death and killing and um, crazy people, um, people in need of mental health uh, care, a lot of that stuff. Uh, not like dark, like not as the, nowhere near as dark as Michigan, but um, hopefully the, the aim is to be funny with the stuff. Uh, so, uh, okay. I see Kelly is a little pissed at me about the, the Missouri stuff because New York is so full of normals. No, uh, not, New York is not full of normals, but it, it's not full of, um, contradictory or, uh, contradictions in morality, Missouri, I believe, leads leads the nation in uh, Christian churches and porn stores. I believe that's that's an accurate statistic. You can look it up. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I believe last I checked, uh, the the contradiction and the hypocrisy in Missouri with the uh, porn stores and churches. That's and I definitely know if you drive through, if you're not a resident and you drive through the state. It's impossible not to notice that. Uh, I'm sorry to get off the uh, 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 the tangent I was going on about, about the corporate show. So uh, there are uh, many of them I get asked not to come back. Some of them I actually get asked to come back because they enjoy it because I actually wake them up with some laughs and stuff. Um, so, you know, there's that. And I, was kind of, I didn't get a chance to kind of... When, I think it was when Erica and and Hack were on. It was Erica Hack and and Erickson, and uh, I was talking about how frightened I was about having to do some stand up. I was like, I can't do that. And Erica said, You could do it. And Brett said, <laughs> Brett Erickson said, No, he can't. <laughs> Don't encourage him. Uh, I can make jokes with a guitar. Well, most of what my, when Mikey and I do acoustic shows, it's like a Smothered Brothers show, and I'm Tommy Smothers. Uh, I am making jokes the whole time, very comfortable in that there's somebody else with me on stage to, if things go wrong, as a barrier, and he's almost always the focal point of it anyway, even though I'm making jokes, most of the jokes are about him. Uh, so there's that level of security. And then, you know, it sounds trivial, but having a guitar to hold as a security blanket while you're telling your jokes, if they don't laugh, you could just start another song. That makes it different than doing stand-up. So why, why is stand-up frightening me so? Because I'm naked. It's me and a microphone and nobody else on stage to hide behind. Being um, this is my psychotherapy session right now. That's why that's what what terrifies me about uh, doing. I don't care how many minutes stand up is, uh, and and you know I don't even know. I don't have any presentation state like when I'm doing jokes behind a, a guitar with somebody else on stage. It's really in the moment. 
it's not like I have written some of it is prepared stuff. Some some of the stuff is stuff we repeat and I've done before, but a lot of it is just impromptu, improv, all that kind of stuff. So it's not like stand up presentation. I have an act. I know what I'm going to say. I know I have an opener and a closer, and you know I know where my strongest material is and all that kind of stuff. It's a whole different world. So no, I think Brett Erickson is right. No, I can't do stand up, and don't encourage me to do it. Uh, I <laughs> I may have to do it though coming up pretty pretty soon. Um, what is Craig saying? Oh well, Kelly came came back and said that's true. We're torn, so we're back being friends again. She's not angry at me about the Missouri stuff for the moment. Uh, <laughs> Craig says, to be fair, there's 6 a.m. radio, then there's 6 a.m. worldwide cancer fighting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. And Scott Curtis labeled me as a shock jock. I don't think I'm a shock jock. Uh, you hear all sorts of stuff. Um, Travis Luthby says, I just like to hear myself talk. No. If I just like to hear myself talk, which I know. 45 minutes of me talking so far this morning I would not have guests on if I just wanted to hear myself talk um, I am interested in the guests I think I have to I, I can't just start by having the guests on which is why I have them come on in a second hour maybe I'll start and usually if I had a guest host they would come on at 9.30 a half hour in just to you know Break the ice. Uh, break the ice is a weird. Just, just to get started, get things rolling, so you're not right off the bat rolling into, uh, you know, a conversation with somebody. I know a lot of co- uh, podcasters do it, and my evening show is like that. I don't do much of a monologue. I just introduce them right in, and the conversation starts right away. This morning stuff, I feel like. I feel like I, because uh, I get this and. Um, now I'm going to get in real trouble. When I, my wife wakes up, she's fully woke up. She gets into the day. As soon as her eyes open, she is present and ready t- to have a day. Me, when I wake up, you can talk to me, but I won't hear you. And if you expect me to be present in the conversation, I'm going to get angry. I can't stick with you. I can't hang with you. I can't focus on you. I'm just trying to kind of get out of a coma. I'm trying to uh, realize who I am, what I am, and are there any brain cells left in the back that will still work and get me going? That's my uh, that's my main concern when I open my eyes. So if you, you're going to talk to me, I need I need some time, and that's what the starting out in the morning is. Uh, yeah, I know. I mentioned earlier that she was over good good, uh, good catch there, Craig. I mentioned earlier that she's just over twenty k now. We still need five more k, five more k for k, for for the k lady. We need five more k. So uh, why you call me a freak now? First, you're angry at me over the Missouri thing. Then you get, uh, oh, you kind of agree with me on the Missouri thing. And now you call me a freak. Uh, I'm talking to Kelly. Um, You're all over the place. 
think you, I think you better settle on one. Um, so that's why it's generally an hour before the guests come on. Uh, I don't know. It seems to be working well. I'm generally ready for a conversation. More than ready. I'm ready now. If he would show up now, that would be good. And it would be good if he showed up a little early because, as I mentioned, I got to get to a corporate gig. I would love to end early today. We are brought to you by Governors. They're not sponsoring uh, by any means. I don't, shouldn't say brought to you by. We're on the Gov's Comedy uh, Network. So let me um, let me show you what's going on at Gov this week, and we'll run through that really quick. Governors, I could share this. Why not share it? Go ahead. If you're not on Long Island or in the New York uh, metro area, you probably don't care much about this, but fuck it. You're going to learn anyway. You're going to learn what's going on at Governors, whether you like it or not. How about that? Um, Governors main room this week, uh, August 26th. Is that this week already? (laughs) No, tell me that's not this week already. It is, isn't it? Uh, the Great Long Island Laugh-Off 2022 Finals. Uh, a roast Battle Royale on the 26th as well. Outdoor special event. Roast Battle. I was getting roasted a little bit uh, by Colin and Jamie after the initial playing of that uh, video. That very touching and funny video that they played. I'll talk about that more later. Mike Keegan, Captain Merka, in the Giggle Room on August 26th. Mike Keegan has a show on Ghost Radio, Ghost Podcast. Um, and he's not been on the show, on this show yet. Uh, I want to get him on the show. He has actually been on with some friends of mine on Bills. Uh, and probably when I saw him live, he was probably the funniest guy in a seven or eight comic show when I saw him live. Uh, he didn't get credit for that. He wasn't the headliner of it because it was somebody else's gig. And uh, the guy guy who was headlining was actually his first, very first comedy show ever. And he's headlining because he sold all the tickets. Everybody was there to see him. There were 500 friends and family filling the room just to see him. And there were seven other comics that he, you know, buffered the room with to kind of take the sting out of it being his first show. Very weird thing. You know, first show and you're headlining two experienced comics. And they all went along with it. Well, fine, that's fine. But Mike Keegan was one of the, uh, was probably the funniest guy on that show. Uh, on tour with General Hospitals, Laura Wright and Cameron Matheson special event on August 27th. That seems weird for a comedy club, doesn't it? Soap opera stars? Um, uh, probably not for me. August 27th, stand-up showcase, uh, uh, Gateway Comedy. Now, Gateway is the other place, so maybe we should move over to them right now because it seems like they got everything on in the main room there. Be- uh, let me go back and, and say Governor's Giggle Room, anything different there? No, it's the same same information on, on all three rooms. So that was a, that's the main location. Let's go over to a brokerage in Belmore and see what, uh, Moody McCarthy. Moody is his first name. Moody should be my first name today. Uh, he will be there, uh, at, at the brokerage, uh, 26th and 27th. I guess that's Friday and Saturday. Uh, Tommy Gooch. That's probably the next weekend. 
right? So please be the next weekend, September 2nd and September 3rd. Yeah, that's got to be the next weekend. So that's all. It's this weekend at, um, at Belmore, uh, the brokerage, which is uh, a great, great club, great place to see comedy at the brokerage. Probably one of the better rooms I've ever seen comedy. And Moody McCarthy, who has the name I should have, Moody. Uh, and then Bohemia this weekend, stand up comedy, uh, Gateway Comedy presents stand up showcase. Sunday Night Funnies, 828. That's what's going on this weekend. Okay, so now you know. Now you know. Uh, who was the, um, the news guy? And now you know? Or well, something like that. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't Murrow. One of those other guys. Uh, Good morning, Kevin is with us. Uh, hey, dorks, I guess you're talking to Kelly, mostly. <laughs> now she's mad at me again. Uh, I know you are, but what am I? He says, Craig, see, he, what a snapback that is. Over here, for uh, failing at making bread, trying uh, to be Bilber and bake and stuff, and I suck at it. Welcome to my world. Uh, Wright and Matheson are crushing it. Uh, Craig Johnson says, I could be, I could see Moody being your middle name, Matt. Well, Hank Moody from Californication was always kind of, I very much relate to that character because Hank was my, Hank's back there on the poster there. Hank was my alter ego for many years, pissed a lot of people off, but his behavior was very much like, Hank Moody in Californication. So, uh, David Duchovny, great series. By the way, if you, if I had to make a recommendation, even this late in the game, <laughs> been off, it's been out of production now for what, probably ten years or more. I'm getting sunflower allergies again. Um, Californication, one of the best series in my event, in my uh, opinion, that television has ever produced. Uh, that's a mafia street name. No, let's not go there. Let let's let's really not go there. Uh, go, good morning, William. By the way, I didn't say good morning to you, so good morning. Thanks for being part of that. You're a great sport. Uh, we probably should have made more out of that. Probably should have had you on when there was no when people were saying no to you because I think that would have been funnier. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think your failure, failing to get connect with people would have been funny. Uh, a moody troubadour. Is he going to be nice? Is he going to be on the rag? Come find out. Uh, I think that's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate of, of what you're going to get with me today. Now, I am generally silly when I do these things, even though uh, you know, I can be tired and, and sit, but um, I definitely understand what stand-ups go through when, they're, when their jokes aren't landing because I get a lot of that. A lot of that at the corporate stuff, big time, where it doesn't seem like... I know they get it, but they're just not in the mood to laugh. Uh, and you wouldn't be either. I mean, this is an assembly that the boss is going to be giving an hour speech after I'm done that's going to bore your fucking brains out. And you probably 
you probably just want to get it over with. And so there's 45 minutes of the bald uh, grumble, grumble voice. Bald grumble voice doing songs that are personal and meaningful to me and me alone, unless you know me and know my world. And then you know and know my friends and know who the songs are about. Unless you know them, you're it's like not being in on a joke anyway. But the jokes that I tell in between, yeah, I probably get them, but they're just like, ah, please, it's long enough. Can you just get it over with? Get the boss on here. Get this shit over with so I can go back to my cubicle. Uh, maybe get on a Zoom meeting, jerk off, whatever I do, um, and, and just get it over with. But and a Monday morning, too. It's usually, most often, they happen on, like, midweek uh, days. Not on Mondays, not on Fridays. Generally, it's it's one of the three other work days. <laughs> because Monday is just nobody wants to be there. And Friday, everybody's already checked out. They're on their way out. Uh I got four minutes for David Sutton. We should say, maybe we should go to mybookie.com and take bets on whether Davis is going to show up today. Do you think? Uh, maybe not. I'm just checking Facebook, which is my main contact for him. Uh, nothing from him yet. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I should play uh sponsor's piece while we're waiting for him. Today's show, who we brought to you by today? Oh, no, not them. Not them. No, we are not. Uh, we'll go with TrueFire.com is uh, sponsoring this program today. You want to learn how to play guitar? Learn how to play guitar online. Don't be a sucker. Don't go. Uh, don't be going to the mall and spending $45 for a half-hour lesson every week from some kid who uh, is going to teach you to play Stairway to Heaven and Freebird. No, 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 no. That's a waste of your time. That's a waste of your money. It's a waste of everything. And you're just encouraging more kids to play Stairway to Heaven and Freebird. I don't know. They're probably doing other stuff now. Maybe they're doing... You think they're up to Sweet Home Alabama? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. He, I'm hearing for Davis. Looks like he's going to come on. Which is... Which is now... <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to play the sponsor's piece, DrewFire.com. Learn to play there, and you won't have to go through it. Maybe, maybe what they're playing now is Eruption. I don't know. May, uh, probably something even newer than that. I don't know what the big song when people are taking guitar lessons is, the, the one they request most uh, these days. Somebody educate me on that. TrueFire.com. Just go there and learn how to play everything. Learn how to play shit the right way. Learn finger picking and Travis picking uh, so you can be like me and do cowboy videos in your kitchen. Uh, or uh, you can learn to play jazz or classical or rock and pop and soul and funk and Motown and all that kind of stuff. TrueFire.com, best way to learn guitar online. Lots of great teachers, TrueFire.com. Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFire. 
Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with TrueFire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. TrueFire style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations and track your progress as you work through your personalized TrueFire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, TrueFire's riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar and ignite your musicality. Sign up free for an all-access trial today. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, that guy's voice. I was just thinking about because I went to get grab a fresh cup of coffee while I am awaiting the arrival of Davis Sutton. Uh, on during the Potathon with uh, with Erica Rhodes, first time we actually spoke, we've been communicating back and forth be- on Twitter for probably two years now. Um, but first time I actually spoke to her and she got to hear my voice. Now, obviously I've heard her voice because she's, um, she's a comedian and she's got, um, specials out and I've heard her, I've seen her work and I know, I know her voice, but she had never heard my voice before. So I was asking her where her, where she was from because the accent that she has, I thought she was an LA girl, but turns out she's from Boston, but I asked her what, you know, where she heard in my voice and she just said great radio voice which i take that as a a sincere compliment this morning my voice is probably lower than it's been in a couple of weeks here especially with the covid shit that went on and all that kind of stuff so but um Kind of flattering to hear that great radio voice from somebody you you and my like that. So I wanted to send her a, a, a clip from this morning because I had the real, you know, hey baby, hey baby, it's uh, me Barry White on the radio voice. Looks like the young man has made it here. Um, I will recap. Last week at this time, I was expecting a young man named David Sutton, who I believe is. A comedian, young comedian working in the Tampa, Florida area. And if I have that wrong, he will correct me. Uh, and he didn't show up. And this was at a string of about two weeks of having a lot of people not show up. Not everybody didn't show up, but three shows out of a week didn't show up. Uh, and then a couple more the next week. 
And on the evening show, I had some cancellations. Now, that's different than a no-show. Cancellation is basically they write to you the day before and say, oh, something came up tomorrow. I can't. I got to babysit the kids. or I got to, I don't know, I got to clean my toilet. Whatever it is, they have an excuse for not being able to make the show the next day. And then you have to scramble to get in the guest or just cancel the show. So I was really frustrated at that point. And then Davis didn't show up last Monday morning. And so uh, I started to rag on him pretty hard. And But I caught myself, to be, to be fair about myself, not to beat up on myself too hard about this, uh, I did catch myself in the moment, in real time, and said, I shouldn't make him pay for all the assholes who fucked me over in the last two weeks. Not his fault, but he just happens to be the one to take the brunt for it. Uh, so I did kind of back off on that, but so I, I ended the show and then about a half hour after the show, I got a Facebook message from him saying that he thought it was today, this Monday, the 22nd. And I didn't even bother responding to that. It's just like, yeah, I was still a little frustrated. I didn't bother, I didn't bother getting back to him. I just let sit with that. Uh, did my evening show. I think, I think I might've had a day gig to went out and played a gig during the day and then came home and did my evening show as I was ending my evening show I got a, a message from him on Facebook saying he just, he went back and listened to the program I guess he heard me saying some not nice things about him too uh and he would he said I'm sorry all those other people he's, I don't know the language exact language he said I'm sorry those other people didn't show up too and uh I'm really sorry which showed me something Redemption, man. I believe in redemption, and I believe in that's the right attitude to have. And so I said to him, well, you want to try again on next Monday, which is the day he originally planned to do it anyway, uh, but I will bust your balls a little bit. I will uh, kind of have some fun with this, uh, if you're okay with that. And he said, yes, I am. Uh, so that showed me something more. So, you know, I'm expecting big things character-wise from this young man. I will say that yesterday when I sent him the link, he, he he started to give it back to me a little bit, like uh, if if I feel like it. <laughs> so he's here now, ladies and gentlemen. Please, uh, where's my fucking mouse not working? Damn it! <laughs> please open your minds and help me welcome uh, David Sutton to Coffee with the Dog. Davis, welcome. Hey man, thanks for for having me on again. Wow, cool voice, man. Tell, say, give me, give me a. <laughs> Boy, come on, come on, give me a, give me a radio read. Your radio, my radio voice. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Davis, uh, good guy. You showed me a lot by, um, by first of all, listening to the program that you, I, you were scheduled to be on, and then writing back to me and saying you were sorry and wanted to do it again. Uh, you showed me a lot, and uh, I don't think a lot of people your age have that kind of character and I, I salute you at least for that much. So thanks for, thanks for doing that. And, um, now, uh, you're in Tampa. Yes. Yeah. Tampa, St. Pete. How long have you been in the comedy game? Uh, about a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. Uh, did, were you always planning on doing it? Did, were you, did, is it something you always wanted to do? Uh, kind of, not really. I kind of just always liked watching stand up, and then just one time, had the crazy idea. I was like, eh. I'll, I went and watched an open mic, and then I was like, all right, well, that was pretty bad. So <laughs> I could not be as bad as them, I bet. And then went the next week. Uh, 
So was it? Uh, so you went up and signed up, and did you have material written out? Did or were you just thinking, I'm just going to be funny because my friends think I'm funny. I'm just going to go up there and be funny. Yeah, no. For a couple of months, I had like <laughs> a specific thing written out, like word for word and timed. And you know, it's obviously supposed to be five minutes the first time. Wow! Did you just lock up? I was me? just, oh, yeah, just, just blowing just... through it like I was reading a textbook, and then it was horrible. And then, yeah, I didn't do it again for a while. Yeah. Now, um, so you've been doing it a, a year and a half. Tell me about this hot mess thing. Because when I first uh, put out the, that you were going to be on last week, somebody you know said, oh, I was with him at Hot Mess. I felt so bad for him. What? Uh, I don't know anything about it, but somebody felt bad for you. And then I saw there's a picture of you, like, sitting in the hallway with your head on your hand on your head. Um what was that about the hot mess? Oh, it was horrible. It's um, it's like a hot wings show. So you do um, you do. It's like six people. It's technically a contest. You all do five. You go up. You do five minutes of stand up, just normal, and you eat two of like the hottest wings in the world. So it was like five million Scoville levels, and then you have to do five minutes of stand up after that. And wow. so yeah. And so the first five minutes, I was like already flubbing my words because I was so nervous about the wings. And then, yeah, and then I could, I mean, I could barely talk during the set, but it was fun. But I do not have a high tolerance for that. So, I mean, the other people were struggling, but like I thought I was going to die. Ah, uh, so I thought I thought you had bombed so badly that it was your first like really really uh, tough experience with feeling like wow I just totally you know embarrassed myself in front of a group of people but it wasn't that it was no. <laughs> so uh, yeah I'm not good with 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 hot food either I can't whose idea was that like to mix fucking hot foods with comedy that doesn't make any it's sense crazy. to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun show though. I mean the audience loves it. Like it's the easiest it's the easiest way to not bomb because all you should do is not talk and they think it's funny because you know, <laughs> you're so fucked up by the food. So it's like that's really the only people who don't do well are the people that like eat it and they're not affected and then they just do five minutes of normal stand up and it's like, well that's boring. You know, they don't want to watch that anymore. Uh, uh what is Kevin saying? Somebody in the chat room says they want to see comics rub their eyes after after the wings. That, yeah. yeah, get the hot shit in their eyes. That's fucked up. But so, um, yeah, just on the hot stuff. Have you ever been to New Mexico and, and tasted the chili, the, the chili or the peppers that come out of there? Because those, no, those, man, uh, don't. If you don't have a tolerance <laughs> for hot foods, and I don't, yeah, you don't you don't want to do that. Um, so plans now, plans in comedy. Well, uh, you got big aspirations. You, is this going to be your life? Um, I mean, I hope so. I um, I'm still. I have one year left of college at um, in St. Pete. So, you know, obviously, we'll be here for another year, just doing as much stand up around Tampa and stuff. Um, and then at that point, I don't know. I think I'd probably want to stay around here just because it's such a good place to get better here. Like so much stage time get up so much each week um you know just kind of try to keep getting up in the clubs around here as much as possible and then you know in a couple years see where i'm at decide if i wanted to go to maybe a bigger place by then what are you uh what are you going to school for what's what's your what's your major uh political science but you know 
Don't know ah. why. Don't know why. <laughs> I I started as a political science major, but I didn't last. I mean, yeah, I had to declare something, and that's what I declared as a freshman. But I, like mm-hmm. six months, I changed my major. Uh, so, is there any politics? Do you, do you include politics in your comedy? No, not really. I mean, like you know, maybe something top, but never something I would like keep. You know, really? Yeah. That- well, that's, that's odd that you're you're studying this in school. I I would think <laughs> now, you know, I know it's a, a divisive thing, but I think there's so much potential material that you comes up in classes and stuff. Do you, uh, in the discussions in classes, uh, do you tend to kind of be a, a smart ass and and or, I mean inject some humor into political debates in in your poli sci classes? Kind of. I used to more. Like when I was younger, when I was like a freshman and sophomore, but it's kind of like it just the professors don't like it. And so it's like most of the time it's just not worth it. And I kind of just, you know, yeah, don't try, nope. don't try to mess around too much. Florida is a very conservative state. Are you a, a conservative? No, not conservative. More just I kind of in the middle, which I guess nowadays that's become a little more conservative than it used to. So, yeah. Oh, no. But, so I don't even I can't even find the middle. Uh, but I would, I think a lot of people say that and I say that all the time. I don't even know what I try to take. This is what I tell people. I try to take every issue on its own rather than lump into, because I think when, if you put yourself in a bucket, you almost have to be tied to certain, uh, opinions about things that you don't, sometimes you don't even care, have no opinion about an issue. And sometimes it, you know, it's your hot button thing and it's something you care deeply about. But it's, it's like, if you're a conservative, you're supposed to be um, anti-abortion, pro-gun and all that stuff. Well, what if you're anti-abortion and more, for more gun rights, uh, more gun legislation uh, stuff? Now, that, that that puts a conflict in the whole party, you know, issues tied together. Well, this is how we feel about this issue. This is how we feel about this issue. I like free thinking. So take every issue on its own merit and discuss it for what it is rather than trying to say this is our platform. And this is this is if you believe in this, you must be a conservative. If you believe in this, you must be a liberal. Um, so I'll get off the politics now. Uh, in, in in Tampa, it's not is it as big as Sika? I think the big scene is not that far away in Orlando. I mean, those two cities are not that far away. But I I'm thinking that's where where the action is in comedy. No, um, I mean, I'd say they're they're pretty comparable. Like, um. You mean just in terms of like the Orlando Improv, or yeah, be, just having more uh, opportunity because that's where the tourists are going. That's where you know that's thought of as the entertainment capital of Florida because of uh, you know Universal and, and Disney, all that kind of crap that's there. Uh, a lot of opportunities in Tampa. A lot of a lot of rooms to play. Yeah, there's just uh, I think during COVID, um, a lot of people moved here like a lot of uh, bigger names sort of just because we kind of never stopped doing it. Right. And so then um, after the pandemic now, it's just, there's so many, so many good rooms, like within, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Like there's, there's probably a mic, an open mic or show almost every night with like at least a decent crowd of like 10, 15 people. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested now you being a poli sci major. What would be, the career if it isn't 
if it isn't stand-up comedy, what would be the fallback career? Because this was my my concern when I was a poli-sci major. Like, what am I going to be, a, like a political analyst for a newspaper? What would you do with that degree that you could fall back on if the stand-up stuff doesn't turn out to be what you're... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I started getting my real estate license, so uh, <laughs> I think maybe that's really nothing to do with. <laughs> yeah, with, just you know, just a degree in something. So right, yeah. Uh, is that a big program? Do you have, are a lot of a lot of young people in into the poli sci program? I don't. I just transferred back from South Carolina for my last year here because it's where I was from. Um, I know it wasn't that big in my last school, but I don't know what it's like. I have no idea. Oh, so um, you, ha- you haven't started yet. It starts soon, right? Today, uh, actually, yeah, right after this. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. wow. Um, yeah, I, for some reason, they start earlier in, in, in certain other states. And in New Mexico, they started the last week in August when I went to school there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York, probably next week or the week after. Um, yeah, so, that, that, that's it. so you're not originally from Tampa. You're from South Carolina? No, I'm from Tampa, but I went to a uh, Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina. Wow. And I went there for three years, and then I just wanted to finish up at home, so I've been back here for like a year. So you were doing comedy there in South Carolina? That's like the first place I ever did it, like uh, two or three years ago. But it was so bad that I did it like twice. So that's why I say a year and a half because it was technically like three years ago. But you know, I'd been on stage like three times over the course of like a year. Or so wow. Um, now, uh, I, when you first came on, I noticed your voice and I think <laughs> you do have a great voice for radio. Um, any thoughts about, because that is a lot of stand up comedians start that way because it, it gives you some training and just like doing way more than an hour every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, any thoughts about looking into that? I mean, g- getting into radio at all as a supplement while you're working on your, uh, comedy career? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't necessarily thought about it, I guess, but I think I'd like it. I think it'd be fun. It's funny you say my voice because that's like one of my one of my bigger jokes for a while. It's, it's a lot of stuff about my voice and stuff. What about your voice? You is uh, you know just that sound. It's 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 pretty weird sounding voice, I guess. Most people. I don't think like, it's weird sounding. I think it's it, it's beyond your years. I don't expect young people like when I see a young man your age, I expect it to be a little higher pitched. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a little, but um, so I, yeah, I would look into the radio program at, at the university that you're going to or college mm-hmm. that you're going to, and you know, there's a if you can be funny on the air, uh, comedy clubs will call you and ask. I get it all the time. I get mm-hmm. people wanting me to get into stand up. Now I don't want to do it. But, so you don't do stand up. I have 35 years ago, and uh, I was supposed to do one Friday night, but I got out of it because we did a 12-hour partathon on Saturday for a cause, and that was my excuse for getting out of it. Now, I'm terrified by it. I do music, Mm -hmm. and um, I was explaining to the audience before that when when I do acoustic duo shows or acoustic solo shows, I tell lots of jokes, but it's different than stand-up because... I have a security blanket. I have a guitar in front of me, or I have somebody else on stage with me. Yeah, it's it's not that I'm naked with a microphone, and if I suck, there's no because uh, with a, a, a guitar in my hand, if I tell a joke and it doesn't go over, I just go right into the next song. Like, okay, they didn't like, yeah. like I didn't even say it. 
But to tell a joke and nobody, it doesn't register with anybody and then have to tell more jokes, it, it, would, it would unnerve me a little bit. I just don't have this. I don't have the uh, character for it, I guess. Anyway. Yeah, you definitely got to, it's, you got to have the thick skin for it because there's so much, even like most open mics, you know, even if they're all right, it's like there's seven people in the audience. Most people probably aren't doing that well, so. Yeah. You kind of got to use used just looking at an old man just staring at you blankly, like he doesn't even <laughs> see anyone up there. Yeah. Uh, so with that, you know, the AIDS thing. Um, it, 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 do you get different responses? Like old people get your humor because uh, I, I'm a I'm an old man. I'm a uh, I don't I'm 63, uh, but I do enjoy young comics. But I know a lot of people my age. If if they were exposed to a young comic, they probably wouldn't get half of the, the references, uh, mm-hmm. and probably you know their their mind is still for comedy, still forty years in the past. Like yeah. Not, uh, so with your audience, I mean, people who come to comedy clubs, are you do you have a certain niche that really gets you? No, I like to think uh, my stuff's pretty, just kind of general, like not really tailored for anyone specific. Um, I guess maybe a little bit with older people, but that's probably just, like you said, like younger comedians in general. Like as soon as I walk on stage, I think a part of them's like, ah, like fuck this kid. Like yeah. 18 year old trying to talk to me. Um, but I don't think like any of my stuff is like, you know, they wouldn't even know what I'm talking about or anything like that. Right. Well, if you talk about Pootie Pie or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or any of that kind of stuff people were, you know. Uh, I I don't know. A lot of people my age don't. I, I struggle with it all the time. I have to ask the people in the chat room to kind of uh, clue me into to lots of stuff because I am. I, but at least I'm cognizant of the fact that I'm old and out of touch about stuff and try to keep uh, try to try to keep learning, try to keep an open attitude. Now, as, with the youth thing. I totally support young comics. I know a lot of people say, you know, have this attitude of being so young. What the, you haven't really lived your life yet. How can you possibly know about funny if you haven't had all of life's experiences yet? But I I come from an era where 15 year old Eddie Murphy, and that might be uh, like a reference that you might not get, but 15 year old Eddie Murphy was fucking killing it. Was fucking killing it to the point by the time he was 18, he was the biggest star in America on Saturday Night Live. So I, I am definitely for always looking for young comics that can really, you know, and I don't, I don't hold age against them. I'm not an ageist. I don't think you have to be um, older to be, to be funny. I do think you can be too old to be funny. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know people who were 50 and 60 who started from 50 and started their com- comic careers at 50 or late 40s. And um, I think that's too late. I think, you know, I yeah. think the ship has sailed by then. <laughs> I think that's fair. Because, I mean, obviously everyone's, like, not great when you first start. But it seems like whenever I see, like, really, like, yeah, that, like, late 40s into 50s, 60s guys who start trying it, like, they're even worse than, yeah. than most people. It's like, what are you talking about up there? It's some insane, like... Dad so. bod jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, the jokes themselves, uh, they might not be about dad bods, but they're as goofy as a dad bod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, or yeah. it'll be, like, super dirty. It goes the other way, and it's like, 
this guy's not even telling jokes. He's literally just like my cock and is like fuck, 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 and it's like what? oh, <laughs> did you see my? Did you see the show last week? Is that what you're referencing? No. no. <laughs> I had a guy, Tony Viagra, on who's older than me. <laughs> Tony, Tony Viagra. Viagra. <laughs> Tony Viagra. And his, uh, every single word out of it, like every other word out of his mouth is fuck and, or cunt. <laughs> Those are his two words that he falls back on. Like, he can't say a sentence without saying fuck five <laughs> times and a cunt at least once. It's like, wait a minute, dude. That, to me, you've been in it 10 years and you're still doing that. That's a lesson that needs to be learned. I, you, I mean, usually young comics start that way and get it straightened out pretty quickly. But if you've yeah. been 10 years and you're still doing that, uh, it's a tough thing. Yeah, I um, definitely started a little dirtier than I am now. Well, I don't, it's not even being dirty. It's just relying too much on... Because I think if you over say fuck... When you really need to say fuck for for impact or whatever, it loses all its power because you've said it a hundred times already. Like for so sure, now, yeah. Um, so with shows now, you got stuff lined up coming up. Uh, yeah. I, I normally I probably do like a show or two, two every week, and then just you know the open mics the other nights, just working on stuff. Right. How long do you do? Um. Probably most shows, like, around 10 minutes. Like, the, I've done 20. That's the longest I've ever done. Wow. Um, but that was, you know, <laughs> probably shouldn't. That's That was too much. Like, I, you know, I'd really stretch for that. But um, <laughs> You set for 10, <laughs> 10 minutes of it? The first 10 minutes were good, and then... <laughs> yeah, I'd, probably, um, I'd say I'd probably go around, like, 15 is like, okay, I can I can do that. Like, that's that won't... that's That'll be a decently tight 15. Cool. Do you... um? have a strong closer in mind because i'm noticing with specials because everybody's got a freaking special now uh at the end of a special sometimes it feels like i just ran out of time like the hour is up even though i'm not ending on my strongest material it's just oh that's all i got for you thanks for coming i love you people and buy and walk off stage it's like show business used to be all about big closings like you know you save your best for last and i think that's kind of lost on a lot in comedy now a lot of people i was putting specials out they're just ending on wherever they are in the set when the 60 minutes is up do you have a a closer that you've got a steady closer that you know kills uh i have yeah there's one i use most of the time it's more just like i have i'd say like three bits that i'd say like are clearly my strongest and so i just I just try to close on one of those. Right. But yeah, I definitely agree that people or people will like they have like a minute left and they hit a line with like a big pop. And then it's like you have like 20 seconds, you know, just end it there. But they try to like get a couple more lines in. And then it's like, why didn't you why would you end it like that? It's crazy. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, it's disturbing to me because it leaves you feeling like as an audience member, especially if it's a special, a tape special, it makes you feel like, was that the end? It's like, yeah, I, I'm. It's very strange. Um, do you have mentors or uh, like a support group of in the comedy world? People, you know, older guys or, or I shouldn't say older, but people who've been more, uh, more established who give you advice or or you know, kind of help you out in any way. Yeah, a ton of ton of guys in Tampa that I've been doing it for a long time. I talk to all the time and just you know ask what they think about stuff, get advice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, now, um, do you have do you have 
this is an odd question, I guess. Okay, I've never asked this but before, but I'm seeing in sports now, uh, baseball players, football players, whatever, when they come on the field, they have music that they ask the, the <laughs> uh, broadcaster to play. When you come on stage, do you have like uh, a your intro intro music, your walk-on music or no? No, I mean, most of the shows, they don't even either don't have, have music facility play or, yeah. or even ask. There's one open mic that I do a lot that they do have music playing. So I guess you could ask. I never have, because I don't know what, I'm going to know. I would, I would little... think about that because it's part of branding. And uh, I think when, because baseball players do it now, and I thought it was smart when I first got, uh, uh, got hip to it. And now the more I see it, it, the more impact it has because they they're pretty careful in choosing their walk on songs and all that kind of stuff. And to me, it, come, it it used to be that way all the time. Like if you go, if you see a late night talk show when a comedian comes out, they have you know they generally have music picked out that is specific to that comedian, and it definitely sets the tone for what they're all about. So I would I would definitely suggest it and and bring like a. I don't know, it's some kind of MP3 player or your phone or whatever, and say, here, can you just play this 20 seconds, and when I come on, it will it will, it will really be helpful. It's just, it's just something, something yeah. to think about. What do you think? What would be a good song for me based on I don't 20 know. minutes I, of talking I, to me? I, I got to see your I got to see your act, and I, mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to do that. You know, I'm not in Tampa, but... Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, So when do you graduate next year, like in June, you graduate, right? Yeah, yeah, I got a year left. Yeah. Uh, do you do you look uh, down the road and say like next year after graduation this is the, this is the plan for me and think about you know maybe hitting the road a little bit or any of that kind of stuff? I think um, I think I'd probably want to work here for another year or two, and then a lot of the guys I know just will go out, um, which I've done it a couple times, like just go out on a road trip, you know, just hit a scene for like three or four days. Like I was in Austin for a week. So that was cool just to see what it's like there. Um, but I guess, keep, you know, still you have this as the home base for a little while longer. <laughs> Somebody in the chat room said, I kissed a girl as an entrance song. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's a joke. But um, you can't You can't uh, even give advice at this point until we see you act and, see, and know what you're about. Yeah, but of course. <laughs> you're not, um, you don't seem to be like... Uh, how do I say this? Edgy? Are, are you edgy at all? Like, like? Not, not really. No, not, um, not on the whole. But I think, like, I think not being like that is why when I can throw in like an edgy kind of joke out of nowhere, it hits a little harder because it's like, oh, I really didn't, you know, I really didn't see that coming. Right. Whereas like the guys who are, you know, it's kind of every joke is like, all right, here's gonna be like the fucked up twist. But it's like when you don't do that a lot. Then you can do it, you know, once in a blue moon. It's like, oh gosh, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, who who are some of the uh, comedians that you admire that that inspire you and and you look up to? Um, I mean, you know, obviously the big ones. Everyone, you know, Louis, um, Thompson. Louis, yeah, I I like Louis a lot, but still, I find because you know what. And I would I should have let you finish your your, your thought there, but um, Louis was on Rogan last week talking with Joe List about mm-hmm. the movie he did for Joe List, and I was wondering because Louis is still he's big, big as big as ever, selling out rooms, 
but there's still half the world that hates him and wants to cut his balls off and shove him down his throat. And I'm wondering, does that... I know for a fact admitting that you like him will get you hate mail because I get it all the time. But really? I, you, yeah. Yeah. People will get angry at me. Like, how you supporting a, a pervert and a woman abuser and all this stuff? I'm like, I don't support that part of his personality. Whatever. I don't judge him for beating off in front of women, by the way, who, who he, asked, he asked permission. Yeah. Now, I, I know a lot of women will say, well, the power dynamic and all that stuff. But what I'm curious about it is, is like somebody with Joe List who kind of ties his wagon to Louis' fame. Now, Louis directed this movie. Does that rub off on him, that hatred? I know I get it just for admitting that I like Louis C.K. I got to think it's kind of a double-edged sword there. So I think it was pretty brave of you to come out and say, obviously, Louis yeah. I, I kind of thought at this point, most people, I mean, obviously there's people who still didn't like him, but it seemed to me it was more the, you know, the outrage at the time. And now that he's back, not many people really care. Oh, maybe that's wrong. I don't know. <laughs> follow, follow Jen Kirkman on Twitter and, and see how true that is. Wow. Uh, no, there are women in comedy care mm-hmm. a lot women and jen kirkman i guess is one of the people that he jerked off in front of so uh mm-hmm. she's she's gonna carry that to a grave but she definitely wants to see him castrated uh and and has a large following of, of other women who are on that um still want to see him castrated. i don't think that will ever go away i think there will i do think he is more accepted now and people a lot of people are starting to get over that uh, a lot of people were, were initially against him but i think that's something he will carry with him the rest of his life and, and listen i don't think it's going to hurt him financially or in any way i think he's like i said he's huge but um there are lots of haters out there yeah so who who but he's a, a an old guy too he's my age or close yeah. close enough to my age anybody your age or, or close to your age that that really inspires you um close to my just i mean there's not a lot of pretty well-known people i guess you know the low 20s but um tom segura was probably my favorite i mean he's not even close to my age but if you know him he was probably like the guy that um in his podcast that like got like actually made me want to do it for the first time oh cool yeah i like i like segura mm-hmm. um not that big a fan of bert uh who he does a podcast with yeah uh i not that i don't think bird is is funny ever i just think bird is really and there's something to be learned from him if if you're if you're paying attention at your age is he's really good at self-promotion he's really good at making himself seem like he is Louis C.K. on Louis C.K.'s level, or Tom Sakura's level, or Dave Chappelle's level, or uh, you know some of the some of the really, but he's not. He's just he's just he's got the hype. He's got yeah. the hype behind him. And well, he's so good at he's so good at podcasts and like podcasting. I think, um, at least I think, and you know those podcasts are so big that he kind of turned that into, and then yeah, like you said, the marketing from that just because he already got like the social media following that. I mean, right. the, what he, that's really, how he started. And yeah. I believe I'm not certain about this. I, I know it was in Florida somewhere. 
but that's how he got famous in the first place. Was in this, he was known as a party animal, and they some magazine did something about top party schools, and everybody on campus pointed to him, and then he was on like in a magazine cover and all that stuff, and milk that. Yeah, Rolling Stone. Oh, it was Rolling Stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you follow these things better than I do. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So I, you know, I appreciate all that stuff, but yeah, I guess. There are a lot of uh, young, really young people that are breaking through now, and that that uh, that is a shame, in my opinion. That they, you know, we could use we could use some more youth in the the big uh, public consciousness of comedy. Um, I don't think I don't think that comedy, you know, is generally respected enough as. That people, because uh, people my age don't don't even know who Bill Burr is. Don't know who they know Dave Chappelle only because of the Chappelle show. People my age, most people my age, don't know Tom Segura at all. They've never even. If I said Tom mm-hmm. Segura, they'd say, "What is he? A, a, was he running for office someplace or something like that?" They don't. They wouldn't know. Um, so that's it's just an interesting thing. Do you think uh, on the fan level for friends your age and people you go to school with, do they follow comedy like? Like people follow like pop music and stuff. Yeah, I think it has gotten um, bigger in the last few, like probably five years. I think with younger people, like a lot more people um, that I'm friends with now, I think are like I hear more and more like, "Oh, you're doing stand up!" Like I love this person, I love this person, and I'm like, you know who that is? Like that's crazy. So I think it, I definitely think it's growing uh, with younger people. Yeah. Sure, nowadays. Now, um, with writing material, do you actually uh, sit down and write, or do you, uh, or just like you know, I, I don't know? Tell me about how how your material comes to you. Um, well, first, I just have like a notes thing on my phone, so if I you know think of an idea at any time, I just write down like the idea, and then when I actually want to write and like flesh it out, I more just kind of like talk it out first, and then when I get sort of the bullet points of where I want to go, I write those down, but never like, you know, the words. Cause I don't like, when I first started, I would write like word for word. And I just, that didn't work. Cause I would just kind of be like rehearsing it and talking up there. And it's just not, I like to not like know where I'm going with it, but not know exactly. So I can kind of just figure out the way to say it while I'm up there. Does that be, uh, ever uh, present a problem? Cause I have, when I have done public speaking, I have gone mm-hmm. out with a rough outline, understood that stuff instead of writing out word for word. But at times I like, um, especially when I first started doing it, memory loss, not memory loss, but just uh, stage coma, whatever you call that, where you just have like, I know the material well, I've, I've kind of studied my outline i know where i'm going with this but then you just draw a blank and like i don't know what to say here or i don't know where to go did that ever present a problem with that style of of preparing material sometimes for sure you know i can like start a story or like hit one point and like that'll even get a laugh and then i'm like wait what am <laughs> what's yeah. the point of this joke you know, I yeah, right. <laughs> which that yeah. sucks because i'm like oh man that was like doing well i just forgot what the point of this even was but um not too much and then like when i'm doing jokes like that where i'm really just like fleshing it out those would all be like it like open mic sort of you know so 
if I forget it or whatever, it's like, you know, just move right. on. It's not the end of the world. Like I wouldn't be doing that like a good show with a bunch of people just, you know, just talking up there. But yeah, I do think that's the best way to be, uh, you know, working from an outline rather than the word for word guys. But some of the, you know, George Collin was a word for word guy, true to every single word he wrote. Mm-hmm. And he was great. But you have it takes a certain kind of. I don't know, theaters uh, or uh, performance technique to be able to go word for word and deliver it as if it's spontaneous and new every time and yeah. make it feel authentic to people. So, yeah, yeah got to work out what's what's best for you. Now, um, do you use uh, any substances that help you like get high at all or, to, or, or drink at all to help you uh, tap into your funny? Uh, never, never high. I would never, never do that. That would, that would go really bad. Um, when I first started, I would definitely drink cause I was just so nervous. Like I drank almost every time for like at least, you know, a beer or two or something. Um, at this point I don't like, I mean, I, like, I'm not like, I won't go up not, um, sober, but like, I don't, I definitely wouldn't ever have more than like two beers at this point yeah but it's not the kind of thing where i have to it's just you know if we're there and hanging out if we get a free one or whatever i'll have it but yeah that's good you don't want to you don't want to make a crutch out of it yeah but i understand the uh just to take the edge off the nerves off a little bit the first couple of times that and then but the problem is sometimes you do that and you don't realize that you've already taken the edge off and now i'm going to really get drunk here and you don't want ever want to go up on stage like sloppy no. drunk and all that stuff that's not funny ever yeah <laughs> but no you never you don't get high ever right wow that's pretty no that so start i mean just in general i get all panicky so <laughs> yeah. going on stage like that would be a disaster i think you do now i i have to say um I went. I I never get high on stage, and I mm-hmm. used to when I was in my twenties. Though I we I was in a band where, where every time we took a break, the entire and we I was in a thirteen piece band, thirteen people in the band, and we take a break, and everybody in the band would already have a joint rolled, and everybody would light them at the same time. So there were thirteen joints going around. Like what is that? But just smoke their own joint, but. <laughs> I hadn't for 40 or 50, 40 years I hadn't until like two or three years ago, first time I vaped. And I went, I didn't know anything about vaping. Mm-hmm. Was like, yeah. And I, I said, well, this is cool. I could actually get high on stage and because uh, uh, it was still <laughs> illegal here. And uh-huh. nobody would know the big deal. And so I did, right before we started to play, and I took a bunch of hits and then uh, counted off the first song. And I was like, I don't even know what song we're playing. I, I, I forgot how to play this fucking thing. And I, for the first 10 minutes, it was just like uh, that scene in, in Back to the Future where Marty is like ready to go back. Like he's losing all control of his hands and stuff. It was just noise. Like people are looking at me like, what's wrong? Like, so now, no, getting high on stage. I guess that's my point. Don't yeah. get high. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, had a, I had a scare last night about <laughs> about having to miss this again. I just ate some ice cream, which just like I was like, oh, it's had a little weed, and I was like, I can have a little ice cream. I thought I was gonna have to go to the hospital. I thought I was gonna die last night. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm gonna sleep through this today and stuff. But uh-huh. I'm fine this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful though. Oh my god. Do you have allergies to it? Oh, we just lost them. Well, that would be a funny way. <laughs> uh, uh, the ice cream ending, we're going to call that. 
Uh, we'll we'll give him a minute to see if he comes back. I do have to. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a funny way to end the program. No. <laughs> I had ice cream. I was sick. Bye. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's the big ending that we were looking for. Ending on a big closing note. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have to say goodbye to Governor's uh, Comedy Podcast right now. It, uh, Governor's, we'll see you tomorrow at this time. Uh, Governor's Podcast, check them out, governorscomedyclubs.com. Uh, and uh, we appreciate them being part of the program every morning. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll wrap this up and let you go. What time is your class today? You, soon? Uh, I think it's uh, 1130. All right, or... so we'll give you some time to get Are you living on campus? Uh, yeah, well, not really, but it's like – basically yeah all right uh now i you know uh got somebody else in your life boyfriend girlfriend <laughs> any of that kind of stuff a relationship uh, no not right now i have to ask that now nowadays boyfriend girlfriend i feel it's a you know for somebody my age that's an adjustment yeah. uh because generally you just see a young man and you say i uh, got a girlfriend got a <laughs> any <laughs> But i will just give you this piece of advice with relationship because in show business if you're planning on being in show business, it's really good to be honest about that with anybody you get into a possible relationship with. It's just like you don't want them finding out that this is your real first love halfway mm-hmm. through. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, man, uh, I'm really impressed with you that, that you uh, you followed through on it. Most people your age wouldn't. And believe me, I say that not uh, out of, like, old, imagine the old man who doesn't like all, <laughs> young people. But because I've had enough experience with getting stood up by people your age who are on that open mic level or just beginning in their comedy careers where this could be an important first media step for them or any of that kind of stuff. Um and get some exposure and then they blow it and then they don't follow up at all. Like never get in touch with it. And you were pretty, uh, pretty diligent on and seeing what did he say about me and all that kind of stuff and uh, got back to me. So uh, you showed me something and I appreciate it and I will be here to support you. So I'm going to say anything that you have coming up, even if it's just like an open mic appearance, we do have a, big listenership in florida uh but anything you want to let people know about you send it to me i will be gladly glad to um uh share it with the audience and, and help promote it and we're, we're hoping for big things from you are you on twitter uh yes okay uh where is that at at davis sutton it's no? at uh das das mr sutton Dash and Mr. Uh, Mr. Sutton. Now I have your Facebook thing. I will put the uh, that uh, put your Twitter in the link uh, as well. Facebook is uh, Davis uh, underscore Sutton dot ninety four. I'm guessing you ninety four. No, ninety four <laughs> isn't when you were born. Right? No, <laughs> no. What's the ninety four for? I don't know. I didn't even know that's what it was. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I do appreciate you coming back. I wish you uh, your great success in your career, and you know, please do come back sometime as you progress and 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 things start happen. And again, I'm serious about this. Anything you have to promote, just drop me a line. Say I'm doing this this weekend. Could you let people know about? It? Be glad to glad to do that for you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having well, me. My pleasure. You you're a great young man, and I like to. I hope I hope good things happen for you. Thanks for being here. Bye for now. Yeah, thank you. Bye. David Sutton, folks. Uh, good kid. What do you think? Um, we didn't, uh, like, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't like um, breaking. Uh, it's hard to be uh, on the spot and funny on radio 
<laughs> uh, we weren't like knocking down the walls with comedy there, but good insight into the young man. And uh, I'm hoping for big things for him. Uh, I'm going to go through the chat room before I say goodbye. Ke- it looks like Kevin showed up and had a lot to say. <laughs> Holy smoke. Let me just go through. Kevin made quite a few comments here. I'm just going to go through them. Uh, by the way, Kevin, I forgot to thank him and fuck him uh, early on when I was giving all the credits to people who helped behind the scenes. Kevin, it was actually Kevin's idea for the 12 hour pilothon. So thank him and fuck him. Uh, a kiss the girl. I, rem- I read that one. I think most haters don't go see comedy anyhow, other than females. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know. I'm not gonna disagree, but I'm gonna say I don't know. Uh, hold the door. Would let them out. Ba 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 ba. Bert, too big of an egomaniac. I agree with that. Can hardly stand him interrupting people on podcasts, etc. Yeah. Uh, uh, the interrupting doesn't bother me, but I do agree that he's a fucking egomaniac and thinks very highly of himself beyond what he really is. His ego doesn't match his real talent in any way. His talent is marketing. It's a fucking brilliant marketer. Uh, yeah, I'm good on meathead. Uh, what does that mean? Now, is that just because I'm too old to get the reference? I don't know. Um... Love Theo till he dumbed himself down more than moved to Nashville. Uh, has obviously uh, pretending to be less intelligent, and it's sort of transparent to those who followed him for a long time now. Oh, Theo's on. Uh, on. Yeah, I don't follow him. Um, I've seen a couple of his podcasts. Uh, I actually don't don't really maybe because I never saw his good stuff, but as it is right now, the Oban, um, I don't I don't get him. He's not for me. Maybe I'll have to look if there's some older material that might be more impressive. Anyway, I do have to get to a corporate gig like like uh, Davis has to get to class, political science class. I didn't even touch on any politics today. And I don't think I will. Uh, I don't think I have a guest uh, schedule for tomorrow morning. Let me see what I, what I got going on tomorrow. Let me just see. Um, where are we? Oh, no. No no uh, guest schedule for tomorrow morning. I have a couple of guests for the rest of the week. Um, on uh, my evening show to, for Wednesday, uh, tonight I will have... Um, uh, a, a author with me and um, episode of meet the author tomorrow. No guest on this. I have the price whisperer on uh, my evening show and Wednesday Dean will be with me and we're going to probably we'll touch on at least Potathon stuff. Why he uh, found some disappointment in, in the Potathon and how that went. Uh, and we'll discuss the, the, the recap of it that then well thursday morning lisa polizzi who is uh i used to do a television show what meet lisa polizzi which was a reality show based on her life in the music business um uh kelly's got a comment wait let's come back here well, i miss i miss some of Ke- uh kevin's other comments here uh wow where, where did I miss all this? So, uh, 
overly round off edges as often as I can. Uh, unless you're Stanhope, he's perfected that stage buzz. Now, I want to talk about that before I say goodbye here. Now, uh, think of him as, uh, I think I've seen him when he miscalculated before. Uh, he was still great because it, it's Stanhope, but of course, uh, of course, I took seven beers into the showroom. I'm nobody to judge. How did you get in? You brought your own beers in? You, wow. And, uh, his magic set was was funny. Showed up to perform on mushrooms. Uh, I'd rather. And Kelly says I'd rather see Stanhope drunk than Bert. Now, what I want to say about this is I w- went on Amazon and I was looking for looking at the reviews, which I almost never do of uh, No Encore for the Donkey, and it was surprising to me because almost all. Almost every single one of the reviews was positive, but there was one negative one, the most negative one, and it was somebody saying that they heard in Stand Up for for the Donkey that Stanhope supposedly said that he needs to be drunk to go on stage. Needs to be drunk to go on stage. I don't. I don't remember him saying that in in the uh, audio book for no stand-up for the donkey. I don't remember that at all. Uh, it possibly did, but I don't think needs to be drunk and needs to have a certain level of buzz comfort are the same things. Drunk to me, it's the caricature that Foster Brooks or Dean Martin put on on stage. I mean, that's drunk. And I've seen comic. I say, you know, Here's a, here's a controversial name for you. I saw Bill Cosby on stage drunk in the 70s. And he was clearly drunk, slurring his words. It wasn't an act. There's a difference between that and, and a buzz. So it just troubled me that that one really negative review has putting words in Stanhope's mouth that I don't think he ever said that he needs to be drunk to go on stage. Uh, I've never seen him drunk. Oh, and I said that to him. I said, I've never seen you drunk. He said, well, you've never seen me sober, so you have no nothing to judge against. But I've never seen him slurring words or feeling like, wow, he, he's, he's, he's too drunk to be funny. I think that's, that's the issue, too drunk to be funny. You know, you can't judge people if they need. It still need, after 30 years, to reach a certain level of buzz to enjoy the experience. How the fuck can you judge, uh, be judgmental of that, if, especially if you're a fan? Anyway, that's uh, that's my comment on that. Since you brought it up, I felt like I had to come back to that. That's the show for today. Lisa Polizzi will be on Thursday. Dean will be here on Wednesday. Tomorrow, no guest. Friday, no guest. I don't believe uh, I will have any co-hosts this week or even next week. And I'm fine with that. Are you fine with that? Let's all be fine with that, okay? Uh, that's the show for today. Thanks for coming. I urge you to always remember to um, turn on your radio.
me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.